you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And this is a show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. As a disclaimer, this show is being recorded when Sarah is hanging out in the mountains. So if you hear me randomly laughing where it seems like it's totally not the right time to laugh, it's because we have a slight delay on the line. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how long is too long until she hears me. <laughs> Maybe is she not hearing me? I don't know what's happening. I hear you now. I hear you now. We should just count it for when you say something to when I go, I hear you. And then yeah, raise a finger like. or something. We do have a guest for the show today. Super fun times. So we're going to allow Suzanne to introduce herself, tell us what she does and what kind of light she brings to the world. There's just a little bit of delay there for me, too. So I'm hoping that you guys can hear me now. <laughs> My name is Suzanne Tulina. I'm a brand clarity expert and author and speaker and I help companies identify, define, and align themselves to what they want to become known for. So companies with employees, as well as the sole professional, solopreneur, those could be real estate agents, brokers, consultants, coaches, practitioners, sole practitioners, et cetera. If you're in business by yourself, you are the brand of your business. And I help you get super clear on what that is, walk the talk, and deliver on that promise every single day. And Sarah's sitting there going, ah, uh, now I see why Jenny wants to have her on show. That's not your first time. <laughs> <laughs> no, she has clarity in her messaging and her brand. <laughs> Let's hope so. I've only been doing this for 18 years. Oh, wow. 18 years. And continue to try to not make it a buzzword because it's so misunderstood. And I'd love to chat about what that is because that's why I'm doing a ton of podcasts after my third book I wrote over the COVID quarantine. So tell us, just launch right in. Where do you want to start? The book or we can talk about misconception of branding versus marketing? Yeah, we can. Let's talk about the misconception of branding. Oh, I get it. Branding and marketing. People who are in marketing constantly use the term branding and misunderstand what it actually means. So they refer to branding as getting your marketing out there and branding yourself through marketing. When, if you realize that when you market a brand, you're marketing something that you've identified and defined. And if you have not yet fully identified and defined the brand, then the question becomes, what are you out there actually marketing? So marketing is the function of disseminating information about the brand or branding, the verb, is the function of assigning meaning to an entity. And that could be you as a personal brand or it could be the company collectively as an entity. So a brand in and of itself is just a perception. So we build that perception by getting super clear on what we want others to have, those perceptions of us. How do we identify and define what those are? So when we say we're going to go and rebrand ourselves or we're going to create a brand, what we're doing is assigning meaning to what that brand stands for. And then the logo, the artwork, right? The visual brand is a representation of what you want it to mean. So when I do business with you and I see your logo, then my experience of my time with you, my interactions with you, my transaction with you is embedded in my brain. And so whenever I see that logo, I remember those experiences. Preacher choir, 
Like I'm if y'all can't see me doing a happy dance because you're listening to the show right now. But that's one of the things that I run into all the time where we'll be networking and there's a and this is not to say anything against the people that create promotional products. Right. You do not do like I, I hear it all the time and I'm like, wait, what? I, you create a physical product for marketing a business or a brand like because this is this is where I ran into so many issues when I first decided to go back into entrepreneurship and launch a, a business after we moved to North Carolina, which is the whole of the story. But like I went into personal brand photography because I knew that I didn't want to work with families and and kid, not in that capacity. It is not my, it's not my bag. It's not what I want to do. Content is my jam. I love creating content for businesses and small businesses, franchises, solopreneurs, bloggers, influencers, whatever. I love creating visual content for you. So personal brand photography, nobody understood what the fuck I was doing because I was like, I'm a personal brand photographer. I help you represent your personal brand in photos. But this person over here is saying that they do branding. And I'm like, but mm. so like all of that messiness, right, of not understanding the difference between branding and brand messaging and marketing collateral and assets and things like that. I actually completely reframed how I presented myself. To Thank you. You're welcome. The end user. And so now I am a content marketing strategist headshot and brand and marketing photographer because it legitimately, I had to shift the way that I was speaking to the consumer because nobody understood what the fuck a personal brand photographer was. That has been this um, phrase that has been, you know, thrown around over the last two to three years, especially I hear it a lot from photographers and website designers are doing it too. Okay. Actually creating they're they're creating workshops called, you know, branding workshops. Yeah, I'm a internal brand DNA organizational development consultant. So I work internally with brands to flush those pieces out and then infuse those pieces, those attributes that they come up with through my facilitation into the hearts and minds of their people, into their actions and behavior. So they're walking the talk and delivery on that promise. That's something that marketers don't do Web designers don't do that. Of course, photographers don't do that. That's not your portfolio of skill sets, right? Right. But it's one of my pet peeves, Jenny, and I, I appreciate you saying that because it's it's so misunderstood. And people get confused as to what you're actually doing. And it perpetuates the misunderstanding, which drives me crazy. I give a, uh, one of the talks well, that I give is about imposter syndrome and marketing and business and being a business owner and dealing with imposter syndrome and how to pull the imposters out of your marketing. And that because it's anyway, but I start with talking about how when you look up, what is the definition of marketing? There's hundreds of definitions. There's one website that is amassed like 72. Like it's on one page. There's 72 definitions of marketing. So if there's that much confusion, right, in the general yeah. Or in like the marketing world about what marketing actually is. And then you're going to then throw in that the branding, right? Like branding and marketing and all putting everything together instead of, again, listeners, you can't see Suzanne's hands where she's like, this side is brand and this side is marketing. This <laughs> is your dominant side. Start with one. When you don't have that clarity, it is so hard for you to go out in the world and really speak your message so that you can then as you're networking, as you're trying to grow your customer base, as you're trying to grow referral and strategic partners, 
so that you can create this independent sales force for yourself that understands what you do, who you are, what you represent, and how to best talk about you when somebody needs your products or services. And yeah, I'm confused mommy does it by, right? Right. And when we haven't gotten clear and haven't taken the time to identify and define who we are as a brand, then all we can possibly be doing in our marketing efforts is chasing the client. We're just, we're seemingly thinking that the client wants to hear this or wants to hear that or, and we're not solid or consistent in who we are because we're out there chasing the client. We're being affected by our external environments and we're no longer in the driver's seat of establishing differentiation and consistency. We have to build advocacy and loyalty in our own customer base. Yeah. When you're not clear on who are as a brand, then you said you're chasing them. So you're chasing clients rather than being grounded in your values, in who you are, and having such grounded clarity and confidence around that, that yeah. you're attracting one. So to that's me, right. is the difference between chasing and attracting. Absolutely. When you're clear, your vibration is in alignment and you're manifesting um, maven, you know, manifesting machine when you're super clear. So it's exactly that, Sarah. Yes. Yep. And also to Sarah's point and to to this discussion as well is that's one of the struggles that I see a lot of times with small business owners and solopreneurs. And when you come, by the time you make it to me, you've gone through this. Somebody said that you should talk to me. <laughs> they don't know why, but like, we think Jenny can help you. And we're like, okay. And then we have the conversation and it comes down to, I don't know how to create content for my business. And I go, okay, what have you been doing? And they show me what they've been doing, or I do an audit before I talk to them. And so then I'll start making recommendations and the struggle is real, y'all. I understand that you have a really hard time separating yourself from the fact that you are your target market. Because in reality, you may be an ideal customer, but y'all, you are not your target market. As the business owner, you may embody someone who would buy your product or service, but y'all, like, and I have these conversations with people. I'm like, you can, do what you're doing and insist on changing everything that we as the marketing experts are telling you to do, or you can just give us a try for a few months. <laughs> what are the roadblocks that you hear? What are the buzzwords that you hear from companies that are resistant to really getting that clarity on their brand and their their messaging so that they can market effectively. Oftentimes, they're just not clear. And I can tell that by hearing some content come out of the mouth of the owner versus the information that comes out of the mouth of mouths of their employees, right? They're not on the same page. There's a lot of incongruency there, a lot of cognitive dissonance happening. They think that they've got a budget for marketing, so they want to spend that budget in marketing, but they have not yet fully identified and defined who they are. So again, they end up chasing the client and becomes a sieve, and they're constantly putting money into that sieve, and it's just leaking so bad. And they're not getting any traction or ROI. The employees don't have any real connection to their job and their responsibilities because the brand is not defined. They don't know what the value position is and why they get up every day and go to work every day. There's so many um, symptoms that I can see. And if, you're, if your audience is more on the solo professional side, it's really about getting caught up. They get caught up in this wheel, this never ending, you know, treadmill 
of constantly getting themselves out there without having taken the time to understand what they are getting out there. What have they identified and defined and created profile around who they are that creates the differentiation, the distinction, the value position, and be consistent in delivering on that in a look and feel, in a narrative, content, et cetera. And then literally creating actions and behaviors that enables them to show up that way so that they can have an experience with the client or prospects and people know that's the girl who does this way. There's a certain personal brand style in what they deliver. So they literally are the brand of their business if you're a solopreneur. You know, literally like Sarah's doing a dance over there. So and I'm I'm holding it back here too because I totally I feel you. We were just talking about this in the earlier today where it was like me and and my thing, like people know me right out in the community as the girl with the rainbow hair. And the one that wears this, the, they always want to see what I'm wearing, what t-shirt I'm wearing, because it always says something different, right? I've built that representation of myself in my community and they know what to expect from me. And so that's things to look forward to. I'm questioning, I was questioning, like, do I get my extensions changed out or do I just go with one color? Next time I'm like, no, I'm stuck. I am forever going to be wearing rainbow hair extension. <laughs> Remember that your visual is just one, one area of perception, right? It's really about their memorability of you in terms of their experience with you as well. Do you deliver on your promise? Did you right. over promise and under deliver? Did you under promise and over deliver? Right. Those are going to be the real memorable things. And then I'm just attaching that feeling, that visceral feeling to the visual. Oh, that's, that's Jenny. Yeah. That's the gal that make me feel like this. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. What I want to say is it's like uh, branding 2.0. It's like up-leveled because you said you've heard it about differentiation and all of that. But you said create differentiation and distinction. And what made me giddy is you were like, and then also actions and behaviors and alignment that enable you to show up that way. Yes. So that everything, not like and then I want to ask you about what the different areas of perception are. But you said, essentially, you're saying the visuals, how you make people feel based on your actions and behaviors and your words and interactions with them. Mm -hmm. And so it's really taking it from the very limiting and very tactical way that a lot of people think of branding, of being like, the name, the logo, the colors, the icon, like the, the facade. Tactical. And you're, talk and you're talking about the integration and the wholeheartedness of the brand of all the areas of perception and making sure that all of those are very distinct, very clear. And that's, that clearness and that distinction is what differentiates you from everybody else. Exactly, Sarah. You nailed it. You, you spelled it out again and you heard what I said, which I'm so excited about. Because alignment is the is that third piece. So it's identify, define, and then align. Most people don't even do the align piece. That's my expertise. That's my specialty to infuse what they've come up with into the hearts and minds of their employees through the actions and behaviors and the vernacular, the vocabulary they use, the narrative they use to tell their story in a value position. Yeah. So how do you help those people recognize that coming at it from a place where they're out of alignment to bring them into that full circle so that they do recognize this is 
it doesn't have to be so hard? I think that's a good, really good question. And it's, it, there's a big answer to that. And it starts with first, you ask them, how is it working for you? What are you doing now when you're out of alignment, when something's not working for you? So there's a plethora of things that just aren't working. So let's get our arms around the clarity of who you are first. And what happens in this process that I've designed over 18 years ago, it's called Brand DNA. And the latest book I wrote is called Personal Brand Clarity. But I use that process in this, in this methodology to unpack the core values of that person, the brand attributes, which are the brand personality style attributes. What are your standards of living? These are standard parameters that we set up and we literally write out with supportive actions that enable us to begin to step into what we're saying we are and what we're saying we want others to begin to perceive from us. And that also includes a set of differentiators. We write a mantra, which is a, a brand platform. And then we write a brand why statement, which is a brand promise for companies with employees, but a why statement for the individual. And then you have all of that content is there and ready for you to then begin infusing into your marketplace. And there's such a plethora of different ways to do that, right? <laughs> so my clients who are marketers, like you, Jenny, my uh, colleagues who are marketers who receive my prospects or customers who have gone through my program are in love with what they present to them because this is content they already know they've created. They love, it is in alignment with them, it's authentic. They give it to Jenny, Jenny takes it and runs with it. She runs with it through photographs, she runs it through marketing content. She has everything this person's already created and knows to be true about them. Then you get to have a heyday with what you do. Yeah, that's something that Joe and I talk about frequently because he's he, building websites. He's It's so much easier when they can when he gets things that are hand delivered where he's not having to go through the the steps of building that brand because he that that's not a part of the process that brings him joy. Exactly. He's about the dissemination of information, which is a super clear, simple definition of marketing is disseminating information. And he makes me a valid brand. <laughs> exactly. But when you get someone that really is clear on that and they're ready to rock and roll and they have this I have a one sheet that they come out with, plus a, an official guidebook that they come out with, but they can hand that over to vendors to help support them in any marketing activity that they're wanting to do. And it's really in alignment. It's super clear and it resonates with their key A plus audience. Yeah. So I think when I'm building websites, to use you guys' terminology, when somebody comes and they haven't really defined their brand and they're thinking like, the website's part of my brand, then... It, mm -hmm. I have so much more work to do to help them understand that I can't just put, I can't just put pretty stuff up and pretend like it's going to sell something for you. That's the facade. You hired me because you want your website to work. So there's just like a lot more work that needs to be done, like figuring out what problems you actually solve and in which way and what kind mm -hmm. of people you're talking to. And what are your superpower areas, even in the field that you're in? Because your competition is going to say the same thing unless you dissect what it is that you can deliver better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like I've had this conversation with clients over and over again. Another way of saying the same challenge is if I'm building your website, you can't fall for the mentality of thinking that you're building 
a thing that does a good job of saying what you do or the products that you serve. That's not why people buy from you. They buy because of the right. way it makes you feel. They actually buy the process or the experience of using your product. And when people haven't defined their brand, like I'm throwing darts at what I think the process or experience yeah. is in the dark. And I have no idea if it's actually going to align with you. So I'll get the feedback as the designers. Like, oh, this doesn't feel like us. I don't. I'll give you an on-right question back and then you can come back. And that's the thing, right? Because I, I have a comprehensive questionnaire that people have to fill out to get brand photos with me. And then I have a questionnaire that goes for the content market. But that's part of the reason why Joe and I have, bu have built a marketing collective because we were finding that like, people would come to us and we're like, you don't need me, you need Joe. Or before you even need Joe, you need Sam. Or before you need Sam, you need to go get with Sarah and get your business mindset straight. And then we can talk about sending you to brand people, whatever. But part of the reason why we built this collective was because we were like, that hurts our hearts when we hear that people come to us and say, I've already spent $15,000 on ads and websites. And we're just like, it, if you would, if branding, for lack of not you, Suzanne, other branding people and marketing people would just be clear and be like, you know what? Yes, I could sell headshot, 20 headshots for $150 as part of my marketing company. But is that really what I should be doing? And is that really part of what I should be offering? Or should I be really clear on my own message? and not hurt my client by offering, by doing something that's going to end up hurting their brand in the long run. Just because you should doesn't mean, or just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? Yeah. And I think as a web designer, when I'm, yeah. wearing, when I'm wearing that hat, I think one of the challenges is that if you come to me and like, how much is it to do my website? Like the price point to do your website, if you don't know what your brand is, like significantly higher. If you come, you already have all your ducks in a row and I can just do my hourly rate. And I think that's really hard to explain to people like, yeah, you could really overpay me and treat me like a consultant and mm -hmm. I can try to help you get to the point where we can build an effective website for you. Mm -hmm. And then the people that come when they already have all that lined up. It's like me. It's just pretty. <laughs> yeah, I'll just I can make that work on the page and we can finesse the order and the sequence right. of the words and, and do some A-B testing and really dial it in. But it's just a whole different kind of website when somebody no, understands the brand. Absolutely. Absolutely. We were just talking about this because it was like you can show up and I just make it pretty. Like when you start a business, you get a website because you're told you need one. And so you just do whatever. Right. Just so it's there. And then you can. But if you get your ducks in a row. I even have my own marketing people. I don't do my own marketing, please. I know better than that. I know where my zone of genius well, is. Making me think of the, the concept too of essentially the takeaway be slow down in order to speed up. Slow down in the process of figuring out what your brand really is about. Slow down and take the time to get really clear on what your branding is, to get really clear on your core values, get really clear on your why statement. Slow down and be purposeful and intentional and thoughtful about that in order to speed up in, in attracting the clients and building the business and making the money rather than that coming from that place of fear, lack, scarcity, and, you know, oh, there's a scarcity of time and I have to just hurry up and build a website real quick or I have to throw this, that, and other together. That costs you more money in the long run because you're just throwing things at the wall and putting pieces together that don't actually fit sometimes it's just throw something together and so it really is just a testament to the concept of slow down in order to speed i i'm so glad because when people have these intakes vendors have these intakes for some people to get a clue help get them get a clue as to what they're going to be doing for this particular client 
those 20 minute intakes are not fulfilling the essence of branding. You're talking about what you're talking about, Sarah, is what I do as well is really help the client get super clear by taking that time. And it takes two, I generally will consult over a six month period at it. And that's the contract limit. So the first two months is, is building out brand, right? Because we need to ensure that what they're creating in terms of their attributes or core values, they, they take that deep dive into their differentiators, that they're actually able to deliver on those attributes. And they have to define what they mean to them so that we can then make it tangible over the next four months in real marketing or real behavioral change or real process creation so that they get known for that. So you're right, Sarah, it's not something you're just going to do by filling out an intake. You're not going to brand yourself in 20 minutes filling out an intake. It takes time. To your point, the questionnaire that I have people fill out for the photos is specifically for the task yes. of me being able to create a shot list so that we can capture the photos that they want to represent their brand. But it it asks them clarifying questions that end up creating longer customer journeys because they will say, I'm ready to do this now. And then I send them the questionnaire. I send them to their to the stylist. I send them to and then by the time all is said and done, it's three months later. And now we're getting the pictures because they understand, <laughs> right? Because like just this little tiny question about brand colors, what we're like planting those seeds then ends up, I'm ready to do it now, but I need to take care of all these things in between. I think it's an order of sequence. I think what happens is people assume like you hear things like I need to have a brand guideline thing and they assume that's colors and font choices and spacing yeah. and kerning and leading. And it is. That's part of it. But the whole first part of that document that's usually missing is, so what's my company's values? How yeah. do we do business? How do we get business yeah. done? What makes us passionate? Who are our customers? What do our customers believe? How do we service them? And any designer that really has been doing it for a while knows that form follows function. You can't start with a cool design and hope that it's going to, right. oh, that's us. That feels exactly like us. Yes. You're yeah. Just, you're, hopefully you're trying to pay your designer to read your mind, which yeah. anybody that's been married knows that's just not a thing. You can't read your mind. You got to tell me what's in there. It's that process of clarifying so that you begin to discern differently, more consistently, more um, in alignment, more conscious, strategic, and deliberate. And if you're not clear, you cannot possibly do that and stay consistent. Mm-hmm. I think that there's, I know Sarah just went through a whole brand. And I say that knowing that she worked with a branding specialist <laughs> doing, got the clarity. What's interesting is through that process though, is there was so much, like so many moments over the love of God, how many colors do I, who gives a shit of at this point? You know what I mean? Or like, there are so much, because it was so deliberate, so intentional in order for it to be in alignment. And I'm such a high D of let's go move on. I needed that person to handhold and be like, this is why I'm making you slow down. I am making you slow down because it is what's best for you in the long run. Because now that the, the do brand is launched, I'm getting messages from people who know me from when I was 14 years old. And they're like, Sarah, this is you. Mm. Everything about this, like I've watched you over the years and the evolution of your company. And they're like, 
everything of this brand and of your business is the epitome of you and the essence. Like that says it all right there and makes, it does. makes that journey for right. February totally worth it. No, and it is 110% the epitome of yeah. Sarah. And it's funny because like when she sent me the logo to look at, she's like, what are your thoughts on this? And my immediate reaction was like, oh, I don't like this, but it's not about me. And you don't hide your reaction well at all. I've written all of the things. <laughs> it's actually up to Sarah to ha- make that logo, that visual, have meaning. Right. So that's her. Yeah. yeah I knew what the meaning was, but like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, it's a Pegasus coming out of a box, but it totally made sense for Sarah. But it's not something that I would design because I, when you look at something and you're like, here, get, taste this. Tell me if it's bad. You're. It's going to be like somebody wants your opinion, but like you can look at it from the, oh, I don't like it doesn't attract me. It doesn't need to attract me. Sarah needs to attract me. It needs to attract Sarah's customers. It needs to represent Sarah's brand. It needs to represent all those things because for all intents and purposes, I'm probably not Sarah's target and that's okay. And that's where and through this process, but that is 110% the new website, the new logo, the new fonts, the new social media campaigns, all of that is 110%. Sarah. And remember the logo in and of itself, that graphic icon is not the brand. Correct. The brand is what the logo represents. So what does it represent? And Sarah did the work. She did the deep dive and she figured that out. And now she's delivering on that representation. So now whenever you see that logo and you've transacted with her, you get what that meaning of that logo is all about. Yep. And everything is consistent. The whole message is consistent. The whole, it's amazing. It's amazing. And I reserve the right to change my mind, which I did. (laughs) Because I got it. I didn't get it at first. And then she was, because I'm not her client. So I didn't get it at first. But then I got, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I love it. I love it. I know you do. So Susie, can you tell us what has been one of your favorite clients? Well, in the in the personal brand realm, it's a travel agent that I had I worked with. She is super creative, ADD all over the board. Didn't really know how to get her arms around who she was. She's a very big multidimensional personality. And she went through the program and she was one of those people that wrote in the margins of the workbook, all of the outputs that she was working on. And she did the work. She took that deep dive and took the time to dive in. And then all of a sudden she had these aha moments that began landing in resonance for her and what she should be doing because clarity is the basis of action. So she all of a sudden was so crystal clear on who her market was, what she wanted to do to do to show up and she became the adventure specialist, travel adventure specialist. And she is now traveling the world and blogging and taking pictures of what she's doing and gathering information and building out these packages for world travel for people who want adventure. So she's attracting those people that just are as adventurous as she is. And it's just, she's just exploded and she's so happy and excited and doing what she loves. So that's one of my favorite stories. That's awesome. Yep. I love, I love it. that. I love it. On the flip side of that, what is, what do you, how do you work with those 
individuals and companies who are working from a fear and scarcity mindset that if they change, they're going to turn people away. I don't work with them. (laughs) I just don't. I sense it from the beginning. I know who my client is. They have to be open and willing and they have to know that their people are their best assets. They have to invest in them and their company on a regular basis. They have to have hired a consultant before. So I know that they don't think they know everything. There's several pieces to my profile of corporations and individuals that I'll work for. But yeah, I don't get myself in there anymore. I used to try to take them on because I thought it was a challenge. I thought I could change them, but it's not worth my time or theirs because they refuse to budge and they don't, they're afraid to go inward. They're afraid of that resistance to find out more information about who they are. It's they're just not. And I think that's really important. I love that. So I think it's really important to recognize that whether you are someone hiring a brand consultant or you are someone like Suzanne, where like the alignment and the awareness has to be there that you're not for everyone and everyone is not for you. Like I approach this world is, I know that I am not for some people. I am too much for some people. And those are not my people. Like I own my extra, I own my weird in every step of the way. And that is just right. It took me a long time to get here because I think that's a challenge that we all start, we all face when we're starting out is like that scarcity, like, oh my God, I can't because I'm, how can I turn business away? How am I going to get my name? All those things. What we're here to tell you is that if you're looking to start a business, if you're trying to grow your company, if you're trying to scale, if you're trying to figure out how to grow your bottom line, get the clarity first. Invest in there first, and then everything, like what Sarah was saying, it will flow faster to you rather than what Suzanne was saying. You don't need to chase all the people. In one of my very first books, which was an ebook that I put out when I started this company, it's called The Six Myths of Small Business Branding. And in there, one of the myths is my brand is universal. My brand is for everyone. And no, that's a myth, right? No, it's not true. Your brand is not universal. No brand is universal. Not even the top brands in the world are universal. No. They never will be. And when you realize that it's not, and you really start dropping the oars on that and stop pedaling upstream and fighting that, then you start looking at your targeted audience because you get clear on who you want to serve. And then that's what really is liberating in terms of opening up a new narrative, a new way of contacting them and and communicating with them as soon as you're clear on who you are. But yeah, having that release is is just an incredible liberation. No, and it is. It's absolutely 110% because like I, people will be like, I love your work. Do you do weddings? Nope. I'm going to have a baby. Nope. But I'm, I think that, I, no, if you are like, if you're a birth doula, I will take pictures of pregnant women and births as part of your brand. Mm-hmm. If you are gotcha. an of life doula, I will take pictures of your clients and you working with people as part of your brand and your representation and your marketing material. If you are a wedding photographer, for fuck's sake, I'll go to a wedding and take pictures of you taking pictures at a wedding. However, I have that clarity of I don't love Photoshop. So anything revolving babies, maternity, fine art, portraiture, anything like that is not my is not in my wheelhouse. Like I, full transparency, my editor is sitting next to us. 
in here in the studio. I will send him photos to edit because I just don't love it that much. And he does it better than I do. So I want to touch on what you're saying, too, because it's really important what you're pointing out. You're making decisions based on a skill set that you want to proliferate or not. But there's also another decision you make probably on a regular basis that is, even though you might be in my market, do I want to work with you? Are we a good fit? chemistry-wise? Are we a good fit in our core values? Not just because I don't do weddings. Do I want to work with you? Period. So that's a deeper understanding and connection with your brand rather than just the doing part. It's about the being part. Yep. You know, how are you being more of who you say you are and in alignment with who you say you are? That's loop reading. Yes. Hallelujah. Because that's how I made the shift. Like I was miserable. I burned myself out. Because I was working with people, not that they weren't lovely people. It was not like the work of creating those images, doing all of that. It just wasn't for me. It was not an alignment. I love working with businesses and I love working with small business owners. And I love working with entrepreneurs and other marketing professionals and business coaches and other B2B professionals. That's where my my soul lights on fire. And right, like helping people bring their visions to the world, like Sarah's soul lights on fire, working with people to realize their greatness and to grow into that space where they understand how trust is money and building trust improves relationships and improves communication. And you can do these things in a way that is in alignment and makes you money. Amazing. Exactly. I feel like that's a hard decision for people to make. Oh, yeah. Of being like, I... And secure and confident and grounded enough to be able to say. And so in the beginning, I'm sure it wasn't always that way. It takes people sometimes more time to get to that place. And for you, how did you get to that place of knowing that you were deserving of being the clients that light your soul on fire? Well, I did my own work. (laughs) I built the program and the process and I put myself through it. And of course, I, I actually got into this field because years ago in high school and in grade school, I was bullied more so in grade school than in high school. And I realized that at first I thought I wanted to be in this group of, of girls that ended up being a group of insecure girls that were fearful and bullying me. At first I thought I needed to be a part of them. But then I realized, why in the heck would I want to be like that? bullying and pushing around these people. And I realized that I've got to find out who I am to stand in my own power to figure this out. And hence, I guess it's just the universe's way of bringing me into this profession of personal brand development and business brand development by creating, being a co-creator in the self-alignment of authenticity and being that catalyst for consciousness, strict, you know, inspiration and growth. But I had to do this process myself in order for me to really begin to fall back in love with who I am and get empowered with my value position. And then my first fire basically was super empowering. <laughs> when I let go of a big client because we just butt heads and we were not connecting and I I think they were just trying to go through the motions to say they went through a branding process because they were in it. Their hearts were in it. And I didn't do my due diligence ahead of time enough to realize this. And it was awful. So I let them go. And it was so liberating again to do that. And then I felt empowered. But that's a great question, Sarah. Thanks for asking that. Yeah, I love it. I love the response too. I'm like, yes, 
And I'm like, mic drop, Joe. We're done. Connect with us at girlswhodostuff.com. Subscribe to our email list for fun announcements and leave us a review. It helps other people find our stuff. We would be so grateful to you for taking those actions so we can get this out into the world and change more lives. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And and you you do you, you, boo. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media. 